Jesus' name. Habakkuk, chapter number two. I'm going to read out of two translations on today. It's up here. I'm going to read out of two translations today. One out of the, the New King James Version. I really want you to begin to open up your mind. Here's a, just a quick nugget. Some of y'all are still reading out of the King James Version. You need to begin to look at, it's all right, Reverend. My dad said, son, stay there. But I want you to hear your pastor. The King James Version is great. It's, it's an awesome version. The New American Standard Version is good. The New Living Translation is good. When you begin to look at different translations, it'll give you the opportunity to just look at the wording and the phrasing. It's not that one translation is the best and they, but the translations give you the ability to see the scripture for what it is. The, the Message Bible, it's really good. It's not something that I would teach out of, but it gives you just a simple translation. Of, of what that scripture is saying. And so in the New King James Version, Habakkuk chapter number two, verse number one says, and I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. That is the place where I'm holding up at, my wall, my defense, and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse number two, then the Lord answered me and said, here it is, I want you to hear this. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, here's where the translation is different. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come to pass, and it will not tarry. It will not tarry. I want you to just focus on just that first part. Then the Lord answered me of verse number two and said, write the vision. Write the vision. Somebody said, remember Come on, somebody said, remember the power of vision. Vision has everything to do with a dream, a thought, a fulfillment in life. When we think about vision and when you think about vision, something comes to your mind, a picture. Something comes to your mind, something that you are fulfilling something that you're passionate about, something that you desire to do, something that you long to do. Gil, Gil Deaver says, keep your dreams alive. Understand to achieve anything requires faith and belief in yourself. Vision, hard work, determination, and dedication. Remember that all things are possible for those who believe. She says that to keep your dream alive, to keep the vision alive, we must understand that if we're going to achieve our dream, if we're going to allow our lives 
and our destiny to be elevated to where we remember the power of vision, it's going to require that you believe in yourself. That you believe in yourself. Not only just believing in God, believing in other people, but believing in yourself. The, the greatest point of vision is that you believe in yourself. The greatest factor of vision is that you not only believe in other people, is that when everybody else fails and everything else fails, that you believe in yourself, that you have the confidence, that you are a certain that what you believe, it will come to pass. But it's going to take faith. It's going to require determination, dedication, it's going to require hard work, but then there is that word. It's going to require vision. What is the power to remember? What do you mean, Pastor, when you're saying uh, remember the power of vision? The, the power to remember, here it is. I, I put a definition together. The act of seeing by exercising the power of one's memory that influences and requires the precise control and authority in how the mind takes possession of its thoughts. Huh. The power to remember, if we're talking about the power, what is that definition? The ability to act or to produce an effect by possession of control, authority, and influence of others. What does it mean to remember? To bring to mind or think again. To keep in mind for attention or consideration. Vision, the act of or power in seeing. So if we want to establish a definition the act of seeing by exercising the power of one's memory that influences and requires here it is precise attention control and authority in how the mind takes possession of its thoughts did you hear that so you're asking God to give me the power to remember. When you're saying, God, give me the power to remember, you're saying, Father, grant me the act of seeing by exercising the power of my memory that will influence and require precise attention, control, and authority over how my mind takes possession of its thoughts. The power of vision has everything to do with how you've taken possession of how you believe in yourself. Yeah. How you've been able to take captive of the good thoughts. How you've been able to deal with those thoughts that come to cause you to feel inferior or insecure where you may lack confidence or low self-esteem. It's, it's not working. I want to have the power of the power to remember vision I want you to see it in three areas here it is number one if you want to remain in a place where you are achieving vision in your life you have to remember to watch over the vision 
Habakkuk says that I will stand, verse number one says, and I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart and I will keep watch, that is the key, to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Number one, the power to remember vision has everything to do with how you're watching over your vision. You've got to guard it. You've got to stay in position. Here it is. You've got to keep your eyes and ears available by having an accurate ear and memory of what the Lord has spoken. What has he spoken to you just this morning? What, what did he say about you this morning? What, what did he say about your life this morning? What did he say about your generations this morning? What did he say about your community this morning? What did he say about you being active in your business again? What did he say? that causes you to be accurate in how you hear him. So important. When we think about the vision, when we see this vision, the, the power to remember vision is that you got to watch over the vision. How do I watch over it? I guard it. I've got to stay in position. I've got to keep my ear available. My eyes available. I can not only pray, but I've got to watch and see what God is doing and what he's going to say and how it's going to come to pass. Sometimes you never know how it's going to come to pass, but if you keep your eyes closed and you allow your ear gates to remain closed, you'll never be able to hear God speak to you and give you the instruction on how he's going to bring it to pass. Ah, how he's going to bring it to pass. Number two, you've got to remember to record the intel. The, the intel. Everybody say the intel. You've got to gather, you have to gather the details, the information, the intelligence, the important things of the vision. How do I do that? You've got to write the vision. Huh. You can't just remember it you have to write it he 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 says that after i give you this answer after i speak to you i want you to write the vision down upon the tablets not only do i want you to write the vision down but i want you to make it plain i want you to make it plain so that the one who reads it may run with it so you have to write the vision down then you need to be able to make it available. Woo. Your vision should be available to anybody that's connected to you that has your heart. Hmm. Your vision should be available to people that care about you, that care about your success, that care about all the things that God has spoken to you in your life. Not only should you write the vision, not only should you available but then he says let them run with it the one who reads it will run with it every time you read your vision it should cause you to run every time you talk about your vision to other people you should run with it they should run with it they should run with it two weeks ago or 
three weeks ago we were all together at graduations and we were all celebrating and out of nowhere we were sitting down somewhere and we were talking about doing um i had already had a vision to do um achievement day today the grad day and so we went out with Joey and her family, and she's sitting there running off her mouth, just, you know, doing what I'm saying. And I said, you have the vision. I said, you're responsible for it. I just simply said what I wanted to do. She took off running. Took off running. See, people that are connected to you will run with the vision when they hear it. When it's made available, people that are not connected to you won't ever do nothing to help you. Ah, that's why you don't win souls, because you're not connected to the vision. That's why it's hard for you to remain faithful, because you don't, you don't run with what God has placed in your heart. And you don't hear what your pastor's teaching you. You're not hearing what mommy and daddy are talking to you. If you really hear the vision, if you're able to keep your ears and your eyes connected, if you're able to operate with precise attention, accuracy, the vision is full of information. The vision, we create relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. It only takes one hour for somebody's life to change. But if you never tell somebody the vision, if you never tell them how he's healed you, if you never tell them that it was one relevant moment that changed my life, then people will never be able to run with it. If you can never connect to a vision that's all about healing broken, hurting people, then you'll just sit there there all the days of your life and try to remember something that you never put on paper. You'll try to remember the dream when you didn't get up and make it available and tell somebody so that they can remind you. Uh, sometimes we're talking to the wrong people. Sometimes we're investing in the wrong people. People that will not connect to our vision. People that we spend so much time on they really don't care about your vision. So number one, I got to remember to watch over the vision. Number two, I got to remember to record the intel. I've got to write the vision, make it available, let them run with it. Here it is. Those who are fluent and knowledgeable in all the details and fine print of what has been recorded, seen, and heard, which marks them as messengers on the vision. When you begin to run with the word of God in your mouth, you're marked as a prophet. You're marked as a messenger. You're marked as somebody who has been enlightened, somebody who has been, who, who has been uh, pushed and thrust forward to say, here is the word of God. Here is the vision that God has given us. Here is the power of God. Here is the grace of God. Here is the favor of God. When you've been empowered by vision, it causes you to run. It doesn't cause you to stay in the same place. Uh, number three, remember there is an appointed time for the vision. He says, write the vision, make it plain. You've got to guard it. You've got to Gather the intel, and then once you gather the intel, you've got to remember that there is an appointed time 
For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goals. And it will not fail. Here is the translation of the, of the New American Standard Bible. It says, though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come. It will not delay. Come on now. The one version says uh, it will speak and it will not lie. But, but I like what it says here. It, it gives me some confirmation that it says it will certainly come. Uh, it will certainly come and it will not delay delay. There will be no delay. There, 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 there will be no delay. So in remembering that there is an appointed time for the vision, uh, you've got to understand that it hastens towards the goal. It, it's going to hasten. It, it's, going to, it's going to move fast, but at its own pace. Ah, it's not going to move at your pace. It's going to move at God's pace. Come on now. It, it's not going to move at everybody else's pace. It's going to hasten towards its goal. What is the goal? The goal is that God has made me a promise. The, the goal is that God has spoken to me. The goal is, is that God said that my entire generation is going to be saved. The goal says that I'm going to be healed in Jesus' name. That my body is going to operate at 110%. The goal is, is that I'm going to live a long life all the days of my life. The goal is, is that I'll be prosperous all the days of my life. The goal is, is that we will be disciples of Christ. The goal is, is that I will live by faith and not by not by sight and not by mind. The, well, what's your goal in life? What do you want to do? You got to understand that when God gives you a vision, that vision hastens towards the goal. And the only thing that it's concerned about is completing the goal, the goal, the goal, the goal, the goal. Small goals. Medium size, big size. It, it's going to hasten towards the goal. It will not fail. It's, it's not going to fail. It, it's not going to return to God void. Uh, uh, what he promised, it has to come to pass. Uh, if it don't come to pass in your generation, it's going to come to pass in somebody's life, in your bloodline. The vision will not fail. Come on, say it. I need somebody to say my vision is not going to fail. Uh, I need you to open up your mouth, open up your mouth and say my vision is not going to fail. They ain't going to fail. God's vision. God's vision for your life is not going to fail. Uh, I need you to repeat that. Let, let's change that because my vision can fail. But God's vision for my life. What's wrong with y'all? Why y'all sitting there? God's vision for my life will not fail. It will not fail, but though it tarries. You know what that tarries me? I mean, you're going to have to get down there and work it. You're going to have to work it. You're going to have to work at that old school. They used to be down there tearing it and slamming at the mouth and all of the other stuff. They were tearing, waiting on God to approach them with the power of the Holy Ghost. It's going to come to pass. Though it tarries, you got to wait for it. That's the hardest season in your life is waiting on it to happen. 
that's the scariest moment in your life is waiting on it to happen those are the difficult times waiting on it to happen those are the days that you just don't know how you're gonna make it but you gotta wait on it to happen I know you want to graduate 12th grade but you gotta wait to get to the 12th grade you gotta wait to get to your senior year in college you gotta wait to get your master's degree you gotta wait to get out of kindergarten you gotta wait to get the sixth grade you gotta wait to grow up to be a teenager you gotta wait to get married you gotta wait to get all the things that God has for you why because there's a process hear this even though you're waiting for it it will come without delay Carrie it's going to come without delay, James. But guess what? This is where we sometimes confuse delay uh, with process. Uh, it says it will not delay. Although it may take some time before it comes to pass, process and maturation cannot be viewed as a sign of delay. Process, maturation, Growth, difficulty, stagnation, where you feel stagnated and you just don't know how to move, that's not delay. Delay means that it's been put on the shelf somewhere and it ain't even growing. It's molding. The delay means that it's just delayed. When they delay your flight, it means that it ain't going out and you got to catch another one. And they got to create another route for you. No, no, no. No, no. God, route. He's going to allow you to go the same route, but it's going to take process. It's going to take growth. It's going to take maturation. It's going to cause you to learn how to trust and depend on God. Can, can I just bring this home a little bit? I remember growing up as a little kid that I would be a pastor and I always saw myself holding on to this big pulpit and, and I always saw people singing behind me that was a little boy a little boy a little boy I remember I used to be the preacher when we used to play church and I used to go in my father's room and I used to take his reel to reel and I would shut the door and I would go in there and I would imitate the preachers and my daddy would come in and say boy the Holy Ghost gonna catch you one day now Reverend I'm practicing I, I would go in the room and I would stand in the mirror and I would learn how to speak like the preacher I would learn because y'all know the preacher he's always moving and doing all of this stuff and I would learn how to do all of that and I remember talking about I wanted to be a preacher but nobody really heard me nobody really understood me they said how are you going to be a preacher and so I never really became the preacher and so I remember going to school and I jacked up in school so bad I always had a vision that I would go to school had a four-year scholarship to Morehouse all I had to do was show up I auditioned and smashed the whole choir there was nobody that sang like me but I had the wrong attitude I had the wrong disposition the a disposition in life I didn't listen to my mama I didn't listen to my daddy I didn't listen to the school teachers and my senior year came and Wendell Whalem called and said is the young man ready we're waiting 
waiting on him. They said, no, he's not going to make it because his grades are not there. So I jacked up that part of the vision. But sometimes you got to remember the power of vision. And so for years, I felt like a failure because I didn't go to school. I let my father down. He said, son, all I wanted you to do was fulfill a dream. All I wanted you to do was do couldn't do and you let me down you didn't get to school and so I lived for years feeling like I was a failure because I didn't get to Morehouse I didn't become a Morehouse guy and years later I start traveling on the I always knew that I would preach and out of where the Lord says I want you to go to seminary I want you to go to school and I'm saying how in the world am I going to go to school and I go down to Atlanta and there's a man by the name of Bishop Eddie L. Long he says I need everybody to write a vision down and I said forget that vision because I've already failed I've already jacked it up ain't nothing good about my life there's nothing good to me there's no way that I can complete this I don't even have a job. I don't even have beds in my house. I don't even have food in my house. I don't even really have clothes to walk. We don't even have a car. And you're talking about vision? To heck with all of that. I was so disappointed. I was so, I was so disappointed with me because I had failed me. And I failed my mother and my father. And when I showed up, I felt like a failure in front of my family, in front of my brothers and my sisters. And I did so many things that were just ungodly. And I said, God, and Bishop, he said, God can use anybody. If you want to be connected to me, you got to write this vision down. And he gave us a piece of paper. And he said, I want you to write your spiritual vision down. I want you to write your education. And I set that vision down. I said, I'm not doing it. My wife was like, baby, we doing it. We doing it. We doing it. We doing it. Everybody wrote it down. I wouldn't write it down because I was fearful. Because when you don't have the power to remember vision, you have the fear to forget vision. Whew. And so, one day my wife came and she said, you're going to write this vision down right now. And I said, I ain't. She said, you ain't coming out this room until you write it. This was in 2007 or 2006, whenever we did it. He says... And I will stand my watch to see what the Lord says. I had been standing my watch for years. I remember my pastor, former pastor, telling me when I said I want to go to seminary, you need to go to seminary. God will give you everything that you need, and God's going to be your Holy Ghost. And, but I want to go to seminary, and I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to. You don't need to learn. You, you, God just give it to you. He gave it to me. He gave it to me. He gave it to me. Anybody tell you to forego education because of the Holy Ghost? Watch those people. The Holy Ghost sends you to get education so that in the natural, you know how to apply education to the spiritual things that God gives you. Mm. You got to study to show, not just spiritually, naturally. Lord begin to say, write it down. I started writing and did not stop. Bishop Long said, when you write it, write it for 100 years a generation is 100 years he said your vision has to go beyond 5 to 10 years I started writing Tracy started writing and got to the spiritual part of my life 
start writing. And I will start a church September 12th. No, 2014. Start writing that I will graduate and that I will be in, in seminary in a youth mentorship program in 2010. I start writing and putting all of these dates down. I got enough confidence one day to go up to Bishop and say, I'm going back home, man, I'm out. He looked at me and said, you serious? I said, I'm out. I said, I got it now. I came back home. Came back home. 2010, walked into my first diploma program. Dr. William Myers said, you ain't gonna be like everybody. You got two years to finish it. You ain't gonna fail no courses. I'm gonna put you out. Now, mind you, I failed English. I failed every grade except music. Well, get my report card, Carrie. Y'all gonna laugh at this. Take the eraser, try to make an F into a B. <laughs> y'all remember them back in the day, 25, 30 years ago, we had paper report cards. They were like real thin, and I would get the eraser, and I would try to, and I'd get home, my mother would be like, not Fred and nah. I. I know you. Freddie, where's your report card? That joker would be folded up and I'd be like, F, 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 A, A. Point average, 0, 0. How you getting ready to go to school? No scholarships. We do scholarships. Pay for it myself. Write the vision down. Got in that class. Year 2012. I had wrote out a 15-page dissertation for you program. I still got it. It's sitting in the library. To the date, graduated with my diploma program, 2012. Not just from any old school, Aspen Theological Seminary. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep going, don't clap yet, don't, don't clap yet. Then I got nerve enough to say I'm going for my master's degree. Now, mind you, when I went to school, I didn't read. I wasn't writing no papers. They said, you're going to write papers. Every paper I wrote, A, 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 A. I start seeing them A's, and I would come home and be like, got an A. Got an A, because I never had an A outside of music. I never had an A outside of music theory. Never had an A outside of anything but singing. And I start getting the A's, 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 A's. Got my report card, three points, three. I'm like, oh my God, I'm smashing this. And I would come home and tell my kids, y'all can't touch me. And then I got my diploma program and, and I'm sitting there and I see this guy in this black robe and I got on blue and I'm like, this is some garbage. I don't want no blue because y'all know I'm, I'm real bougie. I'm like, I don't like this blue robe. And I like the way they gave me. I took the blue robe and took it to the tailor to get it all fitted and everything. I said, when I'm coming out of this, I'm going to take it and put it downstairs and bury it to never see it again. I never see it again. It's sitting downstairs in my basement. I said, I got to get that master's degree. Went back. They said, well, you got to apply to Ashland and you got to write on a doctoral level. That ain't no issue because I had already been doing it. Start writing it. They accepted me. Went to a program one day. Dr. Macon said, where are you going to school? And I said, I'm, I'm coming because I want to apply to the master's program. He said, you're going to be the first one to get this $1,800 scholarship. 
The guy walks in and he said, Dr. Gilmore, here's your first recipient. He's going to get it today and you're going to give it to him. And the guy looking like, you ain't in charge of this. Macon gets up and he says, our first recipient is going to be Fred Graves openly. Called me two weeks later, said, come on in. We're going to accept you into this master's program. Went through that master's program. Two years. Smashed it. Went to it, 2016, in the midst of my girl having cancer when I wanted to quit, in the midst of it. From F's, from losing out on what I thought I lost out on. That's why you see the hood on today, because sometimes I forget. When you write the vision down and you remember the power of vision, you remember the mistakes. You remember the failures. I stood on that stage and I began to cry. And I said, I'm going to do the same thing with the black robe because I don't like the sleeves. It just looked janky. I got to get those three bars next to my arm that says doctor. And so now in the process of looking to go back to finish my education, here it is as I close. It's the power of vision. When you see your pastor, I want you to see a young man that blew it. Blew it. The teacher was so disgusted at me that I think every time he sees me, he says, just don't even show your face. Because he on a Sunday and he put me on the stage in front of all of these top tier singers that were already in college. And I was upset because of what I had on that day. And it was me and my mother and my father. And I sang, sometimes I feel like a motherless child. And the man came to me and he says, I've never heard somebody do it like this. He said, generally my first tenors don't get in the first year. But he said, you're going to be a leading first tenor when you come to Morehouse. But because I didn't understand the power of vision. And I walked in fear because I was afraid to be me. <laughs> I was afraid to be smart. I was afraid to be different. And all of the people that I acted out with left me behind and they all went to school. And I was sitting there, but can I tell you today, if you would just see the power of vision, Michaela, if you'll see the power of vision, Jaira, if you will just remember the power of vision that once you write it on paper, God is required to bring it to pass. But what you don't write, he's not required to remember. Ah, he said, write it and make it plain. I, I need somebody to lift your hand. You've been struggling with vision. I need you to lift your hand right now. You've been struggling with your past. I need you to understand that your pastor struggled the same way. But one day I woke up and I said, I understand the power of vision in my life. It ain't too late. It ain't too late, Rev. Ain't too late, Mom. It ain't too late, Mother Pilot. It ain't too late. It ain't too late. It ain't too late, James. It ain't too late. It ain't too late to do it. So as you lift your hands, close your eyes. 
Tell the Lord, tell him right now, I want the power of vision to be restored in my life. I want to remember, I want to exercise my vision by seeing, by gaining control, by being influenced, by being active, precise, and clear in gaining possession of my thoughts. As I close, I want to tell you this. Sometimes you need to gain possession of the bad thoughts too before you throw them away. Because you need to know why it's a bad thought and why it's not good for you. You can't just throw away a thought that you've not examined. And you don't know where it came from. And you don't know why it keeps coming. You get to a certain point in your life and then out of nowhere, depression thoughts begin to hit you. Man, you're not going to complete this, man. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And you're not. You need to deal with that thought. You need to take possession of it and own it and say, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel like I'm not going to achieve it? Probably because you've not made your ear available. Probably because you've not written it down. Probably because you've not went back and looked at it. Every time I completed a phase in my vision, the Lord would take me back. The Rock Church started September 22nd, 2014. To the date. Started. There's vision in this house. All you need to do is run with it. There's vision. There's a 501c3 sitting right here in this house, full of vision. All you need to do is start a business and use it. There's vision for vocation, vision for the arts, vision for mentorship. All you got to do is run with your vision. But if you never tell it, so by the end of July, my wife is going to print out the sheet. We're going to bring it in next week. Everybody's required to write it out. You're going to fold it up and put it in an envelope, make a copy, submit it to me. We're going to pray over it. If you want the connection of your pastor, you are required. If you don't write it down, then you probably are looking for another pastor because I'm not going to give you an excuse. My prayers are not going to work if you don't write your vision down. My counsel is not going to work if you don't write your vision down. From young to old, 20-year, 30-year vision of your life. She's going to bring the sheet in and you're going to fill it out. And you're going to be detailed and precise. Precise. Master's degree. Master's degree. <laughs> I remember both of them telling me how hard it was. Associates. Graduated. And everybody thought she wasn't going to make it. Mama losing her mind. 
moved to a whole nother state and slammed it. Graduated. What are you going to do with your life? You still have time. Come on, put your hands together today. Come on. Still got time. If you want to be saved, you want to reconnect yourself with God today, you're looking for a church home. If you want to even be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost today because we celebrate the power of Pentecost today, the birthday of the church where the church was born. The Spirit of the Lord came in and He touched the upper room. You want to be saved today, I want you to lift your hand. Everybody close your eyes. I want you to lift your hand. I don't want you to be ashamed. Being saved is accepting Jesus into your life. Understanding that you cannot be the Lord of your life, but there has to be a Lord that is greater than you. Somebody that went to the cross. He died on the cross. He was buried. And he, was, and he rose again with all power in his hand so that you might have a life abundantly. That is Jesus Christ. You want to rededicate your life to Christ. You, you've been saved and you just disconnected for whatever reason and you want to come back. He's married to the backslider. You simply want to reconnect. You want to re-up. You want to enlist again. You want to commit again. That's you. I want you to raise your hand. You're looking for a church home, a, a place where you can feel comfortable, a place where you can bring your family, a, a place that will pull vision out of you, a place where God will use a church and, and members to, to, to help push you into the place where God desires you. You want to be healed. You want to be saved. You want to be free. The Rock Church is a wonderful place. You're looking for a covering until you find the place but I'm declaring today that you probably need to submit today because if you're here I'm your pastor God sent you here for a reason there's a grace on my life and the grace is Jesus Christ the grace is the presence of the Lord the grace on my life and the anointing on my life is for broken and hurting people to be restored back to the rightful place in God. If you fit one of those areas, I want you to lift your hand. Come on. As I open my eyes, I'm looking to see people standing here today because you promised us that you would add to the church as you see fit. And we're in that season where it's time to add. In Jesus